Welcome to Empowered Radio. I am your host, Emma Montgomery, an online nutrition and fitness coach and creator of Shred Within. Each week, we'll talk all things nutrition, training, and mindset. You'll be able to take my tips and strategies and apply what you learn to see results with both your body and your mind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Empowered Radio. Today, we're going to talk all about food tracking. So I've got it um, sectioned off into three categories that I'm going to cover, but I'm going to give you guys some tracking tips, and we are going to touch on um, why macros and calories don't match up in your food tracking app. So if you're using MyFitnessPal or whatever app you use, there might be days that you notice that you have hit your macros, but not your calories or vice versa. We're going to talk about why that happens. Um, And then we're going to talk about tracking mistakes and things to avoid um, when tracking uh, mistakes that people make that can cause uh, plateaus and stalls in weight loss and things, again, to avoid that can cause uh, macro OCD and, you know, macro tracking burnout, basically. So we're going to touch on all three of those things today. Um, Should be a very helpful episode, um, short and sweet, um, but lots of good takeaways for you guys. But before we dive in to the show, I wanted to remind you that the March Shred will be open for enrollment on Thursday. So um, I will link the um, program details in the description for you guys to check that out. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, um, we'll just start with um, why calories and macros don't match up in my fitness pal. So I will hear um, this question a lot. And it's actually one of the FAQs in my programs um, when people will say, should I focus on hitting calories or my macros? So I know I've talked about this before, but if you are hitting your macros, you are going to be hitting your calories because your macros add up to what your calorie total is. So calories um, wise, Protein and carbs are four calories per gram and fat is nine. So whatever your goals are for each of those, it's going to total up to your total calorie goal. So again, if you're hitting your macros dead on, you're going to be hitting your calories as well. Now, there are instances um, where where you might notice when you're tracking that um, you have hit your macros for the day and rarely will you hit them dead on. But um, you might notice that you have, um, we'll just say that you hit them dead on, and then your calories are showing that you still have an additional 130. And so that's when I'll get that question. Or people might notice that they have two grams of fat and four grams of protein left. So what is that? 18 plus 16, so 34 calories. Um, But it might show that they have 68 calories. And so they get confused as to which one they're supposed to hit. So the reasons um, that this will happen most commonly that you'll see, the first thing is that food labels are allowed to round up or down to the nearest five to 10 calorie increment. So um, I know it used to say they could round up or down 20%. I don't know if that's still um, the only thing I could find was the five to 10 calorie increment. Again, it doesn't sound like much, but that could be, you know, why you're hitting your macros and not the calories. So 
you're hitting your macros, the food label rounded up. So you're showing that you still have a few calories left. So there's one example. Um, the biggest one that I see at, that throws clients off is that calories from fiber um, and also sugar alcohols um, can be subtracted from the calorie total on the food labels. So I have an example um, written down so that I could explain this in better detail. But if you're somebody who eats a lot of protein bars, um, if you're someone who eats things that are advertised as low carb, high fiber, um, these are the items that will have the fibers subtracted out of the calorie total or the sugar alcohols um, when we're talking about like protein bars. So again, it's not, the information is not incorrect on the package. So if you're hitting your macros, the macros listed are correct. It's just that they are subtracting out the fiber or sugar alcohol, and I should say and or sugar alcohol um, on those items. So the example that I have is a Quest bar. Um, These are 190 calories. So we've got 21 um, grams of protein, 22 carbs, and 7 grams of fat. Now, if you do the math and you multiply your 21 protein and your 22 carbs by 4, because they're 4 calories per gram, and your um, 7 grams of fat times 9, because fat is 9 calories per gram, that actually gives you 235 calories versus the 190 that they show. So again, if you're somebody who strictly tracks calories and not macros, this could be, you know, it's 45 calories. Again, it might not be detrimental, but if this is something that you ate every single day and there were multiple items that you ate like this daily, um, it could add up to a pretty significant amount over the week. But again, you can see why in your food tracking app, if you're logging protein bars and those, you know, low carb wraps and different things like that, um, how this discrepancy could show, you know, oh, I'm hitting my macros, but my calories still say I have more to go. That's why. So I always tell people work to hit your macros. Um, focus on that again, because one, food labels can round. Two, it could be an item where you have um, really high fiber or the sugar alcohols that are subtracted out. So if you're eating to hit your calories, you're going to be inadvertently overeating um, and obviously not knowing. And then um, the last one, and and I see this uh, pretty common, is that alcohol. um, So it's its own macro. Um, It has seven calories per gram, but it's not a carb and it's not a fat. Now, when people um, like create a food entry for it, they will log it as a carb or a fat, which is totally fine so that you can account for that in your macros. And that's what I recommend doing. But if you're just logging um, a light Corona from or a Bud Light from MyFitnessPal and it says 110 calories and it has three grams of carbs and that's the only thing it shows. Well, three grams of carbs is only 12 calories. So where are those other remaining calories coming from? So if you don't create an entry in MyFitnessPal to account for those macros out of your other macros, then that's where you will see that you have, um, this will be an instance where you hit your calories, but your macros are showing short because it's only saying that there's three grams of carbs. I know that's kind of wonky to hear and it it may not make sense. Um, But again, that one will show where you're hitting calories because you've got the hundred calories logged 
but then it's only accounting for three grams of carbs, which is 12 calories. So then you would really have, you know, in your MyFitnessPal, if you're aiming to hit your macros, um, you're going to look and be like, oh, I've still got 20 grams of carbs left. So um, that is if, if it was an item that you logged as carbs. So those are the things, um, the biggest things that I see in terms of why you might be hitting your uh, macros and not your calories or your calories, not your macros. Um, so those are just things to be aware of. Um, again, I think it's just, it's good information to know, um, to not get so caught up in all of the things. But again, you know, I know there are people that um, will just track calories and that's fine. But at some point you are probably, especially when you get to a point where um, you have less weight to lose, you're going to want to drill down and get more specific with your macros so that your tracking is a little more accurate um, in terms of the actual total calorie intake. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about, uh, we'll just go ahead and dive into some tracking mistakes that I see. Um, and then we'll talk about other things to avoid um, with tracking so that you don't get that burnout. Uh, but with tracking mistakes, I think um, the first one's probably going to be that people are not weighing their food at all. Um, they're using using measuring cups or they're eyeballing um and estimating. So they are aware of the amount of, you know, food that they're taking in, in terms of, you know, they're eating a piece of chicken for dinner and they're logging that. So it's not like they're not tracking at all. They are just not being specific in terms of like measuring and weighing it. So they might eat a piece of chicken for dinner and they just plug in chicken breast from my fitness pal and it's four ounces when in actuality they ate six ounces. So again, we're talking, you know, hundreds of calories that you could be um, not accounting for if you are just eyeballing. Same thing with, you know, things like peanut butter. If you are measuring it out in um, a, a tablespoon, um, two tablespoons and the grams that are the serving are, I don't want to say vastly different, but there's a difference um, in terms of what that looks like. So again, and peanut butter, because it's mostly fat, um, that's a calorie dense food that the calories are going to add up much quicker on if you're over consuming on that. So again, that's the biggest thing. Um, if you don't have a food scale, highly recommend getting a food scale um, so that you are not just estimating when you're, you know, again, the, the fact that you're tracking and accounting for your food is great. And that's a great place to start if you are um, brand new to to dieting and you're just starting this and you're just wanting to, you know, start with that and getting more aware of your calorie intake. That's amazing. I would say your next step so that you're getting more specific and you're, you know, getting really accurate with your intake is going to be um, weighing your food so that you make sure that you are actually consuming the amount of calories that you think you're consuming. Um, the next one is not tracking, uh, meals or days or, um, you know, bites of things. So the not tracking meals and days should be pretty obvious. And I know I've talked about that before where, um, people will have like, and I do the air quotes cause I hate the term cheat meals, um, cause it implies that you're doing something wrong, but, uh, cheat meals, free meals, whatever, where you're not tracking your food. So, um, obviously if you're having a day or meals where you're not tracking the food at all, 
one, it's easier to get a little loosey goosey because you have more freedom. So you're um, a lot of people have that, you know, mindset where they're just like, you know what, I'm not tracking this meal, so I'm just going to eat everything. Um, And that can add up very quickly. And so they do not recognize that that the calories in that meal still count. Um, or the calories in that day still count, even though you're not tracking them. So they never actually account for them mentally. Um, and so your body's accounting for them and the scale will account for them. But mentally, you're not accounting for them. So when you think that your average is 1600 a day, but you're having untracked meals or untracked days, you know, your average might be more likely 17, 1800 or higher. So again, that one's huge. Um, that one's probably the hands down biggest mistake that I see is the people not accounting for um, meals and days. Again, like bites and licks and, and taste, um, you know, those can add up quickly, especially if, again, if it's like calorie dense foods, like if you're going and grabbing a, um, a spoon from the drawer and getting you a little bite of peanut butter, again, peanut butter is a higher calorie food. Um, and so a couple bites of peanut butter a day, and you're doing that a few times during the week, we're talking a few hundred calories that can add up very quickly. So um, those things not accounting for, um, I've talked about like condiments, cooking oils, even coffee creamer. And I know coffee creamer, um, when we're talking about, it's not super high calorie, you know, we're 15 to 30 calories for a serving, but a lot of people don't use one serving. And that comes back to the estimating and just pouring some coffee creamer in and they're like, Oh, I logged, I used a serving, but they actually used like two to three servings and they're doing that every day. So again, um, things like that, where the calories can add up very quickly. Um, I'm not saying that, well, I'll get to that part in a second, but just little things like that. If you're not um, weighing and measuring and you're accounting for them and you don't really know how much of it you're using um, could cause a huge difference in your calorie intake. Cooking oil, again, it's very calorie dense. If you're not accounting for that when you're cooking vegetables or um, or whatever, if you're using it to cook and you're not accounting for it, again, it's very calorie dense. So that's something Um, where I see people mess up. If they get a salad at a restaurant, um, they might plug in like various items to make the salad, but then they don't account for the dressing, which is um, in most cases way more calories than the actual salad itself, even if the salad has like chicken in it. (laughs) So that one is a big one. Um, And I think two people, I hear this, I can't even tell you how many times I hear this, especially when I'm going through questionnaires Um, for the shred program and people will estimate their calorie intake if they don't know. And they'll say, you know, I eat between 12 to 1500 calories. I've been eating at this for years. And then um, there's a question, something along the lines of, um, have you counted macros or calories, whatever? And they'll say no. And the thing is, is people that don't count calories or macros and they're estimating and assuming um, are like way under reporting what they eat. Uh, I mean, like it's crazy. Studies have even shown where dietitians, and this is what they, they do for a living. This is what they know is food and intake. And I mean, this is what they do. And they underreported by over 200 calories a day. And some of them, it was even up to like 800. So if a person that knows, you know, the ins and outs and everything about food is under reporting their intake. The average human is likely way, way under reporting. And I think the studies on that, when they showed it was over 
uh, four to 500 calories a day for most people um, that underreported. So if you're not tracking your food at all um, and you think you're eating in a certain calorie range, you're likely way wrong. Um, and I say that with lots of love. You don't know what you don't know. But again, um, that's just one of those things that it's it's very easy to underreport um, because, again, if you're not weighing and measuring and you're just assuming and you think, um, you're likely very, uh, very wrong on that. <laughs> um, the other thing I'll say is probably uh, just too flexible um, with foods that are harder to track. So like um, eating out more, especially, and I, and I say this if you're somebody that's dieting and trying to work towards fat loss. Um, so eating out a lot is hard, especially if the nutrition facts aren't listed online and you're having to just estimate and uh, choose different items to make like a salad that has like goat cheese and nuts and fruit and chicken. And you're just picking like random items um, and individually logging those from my fitness pal. Again, that's harder to do, especially for someone that's new to tracking. Um, so if you're eating out a lot or a few times a week, this could be, um, again, you know, it could add up to several hundred calories over the week. And it could be why you're not seeing the results that you want. So obviously cooking at home um, and being able to control the ingredients and the measurements and all that, you know, the portion sizes is going to be uh, your best friend when you're dieting. So limiting uh, eating out will obviously help with the accuracy in your tracking. So, um, and other things like, and this kind of goes back to the the weighing, um, eyeballing and stuff, but when you're logging things like fruit and you're putting like large banana or large apple, actually weighing those out in grams and getting more specific um, instead of so vague, the more specific you can be when you're logging those items is obviously uh, going to help the accuracy in terms of your tracking. Okay, so um, those are the the common mistakes that I see. Now, things that I'll say to avoid, um, and again, I will just say you do you, um, but in my opinion and things that I have seen and what I have experienced myself, um, unless you're a competitor or someone who has to be like down to the gram, precise tracking, literally everything that touches your tongue, I would say there are certain things that are not worth the mental effort. Um, so things like chewing gum and pre-workout, um, spray butter, things that like have five calories or less or minimal like that. I'm not going to count how many seconds I spray cooking spray. I don't. And I have, I'm not kidding when I say I've had multiple people ask me that. I don't track chewing gum. I don't track spray butter. I don't track my pre-workout because it's under five calories. It's trace calories. But I have people that ask if they need to track that. Um, so again, there. this is where you have to decide if it's worth the mental effort. This is where I see people and this is where I've had the tracking OCD um, and the mental like it just it wasn't worth the mental effort. Um, but this is where you'll see people say it's too hard and they get burnt out because they're trying to track like crazy shit. Guys, gum, unless you're chewing like multiple packs a day, is not worth tracking. Again, this is my opinion. You may feel very differently, but I'm just saying what I've experienced. Uh, this is one of those things that's not worth the mental stress. Um, and the calories are not going to add up to enough 
like I said, unless you're chewing multiple packs a day, that it's going to be detrimental. Um, now, some of you might go back and say, oh, but my coffee creamer only has 15 calories. Do I need to track it? Again, are you only using a serving of your coffee creamer? So that's where, you know, I would say like pump the brakes there, you know, assess, are you using a serving of it? If you're using multiple servings of something, um, then yeah, you're probably going to want to track it. Taco seasoning. If I use, and it says it has five calories, I likely don't track it. But again, I'm at maintenance. Um, and when I'm dieting, if I'm dieting for something very specific, if I was competing, if I had to be just down to um, the T with these things, yes, that's that's different. But I'm not competing. I'm a regular person living a regular life who doesn't want to stress over counting the seconds that she uses her cooking spray. And I recommend that you don't either. Um, so if you feel like that is keeping you from seeing the results that you want, I'm going to say that there is something likely much larger that you're missing. Um, but that that's just, again, my opinion. Those are things, though, that can lead to a very bad relationship with food, um, disordered eating, bad, you know, the good, bad um, thoughts with food that certain things are good and certain things are bad. Um, but again, to me, it's not it's not worth the mental effort that you have to put into tracking seconds of spray butter, gum, you know, like I said, things like that. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about some tracking tips that will make things easier. Again, we've talked about the things to avoid. Um, so obviously, you're going to need a food tracking app. I use my fitness pal. Um, I have used it for literally a thousand years since I started uh, counting macros. So 2014 is I've used my fitness pal since 2014. Um, so that's what I use. I do not use the premium version. You're more than welcome to uh, to do that. I um, I think they might even do a 30-day free trial. I think they used to. But again, um, you're going to need a food tracking app. I recommend having a food scale, like I mentioned earlier, just because uh, it helps with the accuracy of your logging. Um, I do recommend pre-logging your food the day before if possible, this is especially helpful for, um, well, for anybody really, so that, especially if you're new to tracking, just so that you're not logging in the moment, because what happens is a lot of times people will log their food as they're eating and then they run out of um, something very quick or they end up over their calories because they ate something they didn't realize was as high in calories. Um, so again, this is like I said, for people that are newer to tracking and aren't um, super familiar with the calorie makeup or the macro makeup of a lot of foods they might eat. So, for example, they may not realize that, because um, I see this one a lot, that the meat or something that they're eating is higher in fat. So it, it's uh, a lot more calorie dense. So they've spent a lot more calories on that meal. Um, whereas if they pre-logged it, they might have said, oh, instead of using, you know, 80-20 beef, I could have swapped it out to 92-8 or 96-4 and saved a ton of calories because it, because it has less fat. Um, so pre-logging obviously helps um, in terms of staying within your calorie budget. Uh, so I do recommend that. Plus, it's just easier to know like what meals you have um, set up for the next day. And if you're someone who eats a lot of the same meals, like maybe you prep your breakfast and lunches for the week, this is even easier because you can just copy those meals um, throughout the week and then you can make your dinners and snacks vary if you want to do that. Um, I would say to 
prioritize the foods that you enjoy. So logging those things first, because obviously this will help with adherence. So um, if you're someone that you know that you need a dessert every day, um, and when I say dessert, there's if you guys follow me on social media, you know that I post tons of sweet things, tons of desserts. Um, I eat dessert every day, and they don't have to be like tons of calories. It can literally be a Jello yogurt bowl that's you know two to three hundred calories, but that's something that you look forward to every day. Plug that in first so that you know that you have that, and then you know work your day around that. Um, so prioritizing again the foods that you want and enjoy the most will help with adherence. Um, and then I would say prioritizing protein and vegetables and making sure that you have those in each meal is going to help hit your protein goal. It helps with satiety. Um, and then vegetables obviously will help with fiber um, to keep you regular and all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's probably where I'll leave that because I don't want to get too overwhelming with those. But pre-logging your day the day before is huge. Um, even if you're somebody who doesn't actually meal prep, but just, you know, sitting down, taking a few minutes and pre-logging, um, don't get so consumed in playing the macro Tetris where you feel like you have to hit carbs and uh, fat exactly, you know, focus on hitting your protein first. And if your carbs and fat kind of um, vary, maybe you have one day where your carbs are a little higher than your goal, but your fat's lower and vice versa the next day, but you're coming within your calories, that's totally fine. Again, don't don't get so OCD with it because um, that's where you'll get the burnout. So those are my recommendations there. So again, uh, we talked about why your calories and your macros might not match up in my fitness pal. We talked about some tracking mistakes, things to avoid for macro burnout. And then we talked about some tracking tips um, that might be helpful for you guys. Um, and then again, just another reminder that the shred opens on Thursday. I will again link the program details in the description. Uh, but that's all I have for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Empowered Radio. If you enjoyed the episode or found value in it, could you do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tag me in it so I can say thanks. And two, could you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes? It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.